what the fuck is this episode 122 123 128 um, i think 124 oh my god even that that we don't know fucking numbers we could start with that one we went to the UFC. i'm gonna say that's your we are not good with numbers because Dennis Bermudez was like... I was... We were on like 30-something. I'm like, what were we, what, what we on today, Stan? Michael Bisping. It's me, your favorite cast member from season <laughs> 12. He And that's the thing. Bisping's like a smart, snappy guy. He immediately yes. was like, what the fuck's yeah. this kid talking about? All right. Um, should I... I should backtrack on that, right? So we're, we're at UFC Long Island, ABC3, Right. And we're in the press row, and sitting next to us is Fight Club, which is Michael Bisbing's uh, channel podcast. Mm. I don't think, I don't think that's his. I think that guy works for him, or maybe, okay. they, or, or maybe he does. I'm not, you know. But I anywho, think- so uh, that guy's like, I work for Michael Bisbing, and I was like. Tell that motherfucker I want him on the Men's the Man show. He's like, I'll do you one better. Like, here's a video. So I'm like, and prior to me leaving Bisbing a message, I was talking to that guy about how the other menace, Michael Johnson, was season 12 of The Ultimate Fighter, and I was season 14. Yeah. So I had, like, season 12 was the last thing I said, you know? So I'm like, Mike! It's your favorite Puerto Rican season 12 ultimate fighter. Dennis the menace. And you know, we need to get you on the show. And he replied with who the fuck is that guy? And it was season 14. <laughs> and I was like, fuck. <laughs> I probably shouldn't have drank fucking. That was, I was probably seven, eight high noons deep. by this. Point. I mean, he knows exactly who you are. So he was fucking with right. you, but that's right. amazing. But that was amazing to me that you like did shoot that shot, and then Michael Bisping was like, "Let me it up, drop the ball. Let me knock this kid down a peg." Yeah, pretty much is what it seems like. Yeah, and there he is, Stanley. Do a proper intro, Matt Schnell. Welcome to Menace and the Man, Stan the Man, Dennis the Menace, Bermudez. Now we're joined by the talk of the MMA world right now, Matt Schnell. How are we, brother? Doing good. Happy to be here. Just tuning in from uh, the beautiful Humboldt, Texas, my my home city over here where I own a house. My my little girl's outside of the room losing her mind, so forgive me. My my little guys are upstairs being wild as well. Um, so I just want to just say this right now. Stan, he's got a he's got a better shirt on than you do. Stan's a big t-shirt guy. He yeah. prides himself on getting compliments on shirts that he wears, and they are good ones. He wears good T-shirts. Yeah, he was wearing a good one Saturday night. So. That's right. Yeah. I yeah. did get some compliments. My wife bought me this one. She she actually hates it. She got it for me, and I wear it way too much, so she hates this shirt now. But shout out to her. <laughs> you get those shirts sometimes that you're just like, you know what? I'm going to ha- I'm gonna have to play this one out. It's too good. Yeah. yeah. You no, know, here's what happens. You wear it, right? And it, uh, you wash it, and it's like on top of the laundry, and it just stays in that cycle for a while, right? They they do get to looking bad over time too, like when you wash it a time or two. You know, this thing was it, it's it's colors were much brighter at one point, but I've put some put some miles on it. 
which is a good thing too, right? Yeah. So I'm sure it looks even better when they're like worn in, like you can't even buy that like that, you know? Exactly. Man. So uh so after the fight, right? I see you, you look at, right, you have kind of what you got going on here. You go up, you shower, you come back down, you look like a totally different man. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh I, I gave myself this black guy because I didn't realize that my nose was, I guess, a little crunched up. So when I was in the shower, I blew my nose and I completely blew my eye up, just like Donald Cerrone did. I can't remember which event that was, but he did it in between rounds. Was that so, against Ferguson? No. Um, didn't you a year do that too against Frankie? I can't remember who it was. That I can't remember. No, but they stopped the one for Cerrone, right? Yeah, they stopped it. His eye swole completely Was shut. it against so, Ferguson? can't remember it might have been i can't remember with like oh man i'm sorry like we're right back you know yeah because it was a great fight to that point too they were kind of that, that might be what happened yeah it might have been first and i can't remember but yeah luckily i didn't do it in between rounds and <clears throat> coach safe actually told me not to he's like don't you dare blow your nose and i guess good thing he said that because if i would have uh i would have tko'd myself in between the rounds so that was good man though I went back. I don't know if you have, Dennis, went back and like rewatched the fight or I watched the fight in its entirety for the first time. Holy shit. Six times, maybe you were on skates in that second round. Like he caught you with like. Dude, leg. Dude, thank you, leg. Dude, I'm I'm definitely doing that. I'm definitely doing that. I don't. Unfortunately, I'm not an editor and I have to find somebody and source somebody. So we're, we're trying to get. Do that. we have someone stand? I could do it. I, I thought about it and I did start playing with the idea in my head. But then I was like, I'll talk to Matt Chanel first and I'll talk to Dennis yeah, no, first think, and we'll. I think you should start it with Dennis telling me to do it, you know, and, and w- w- I, this isn't dropping oh, live right. Right? before this drop. It could be a teaser for this, but. You can wow. kind of do it like that, and, and I'm even like, yeah, okay, I like that, and then we just kind of go from there. And I think that so would be cool. getting hit right. So I've been there, done that, got the t-shirt right, and there's definitely been times where I've gotten hit and been like, that hurt. There's definitely times where I got hit and was like, I don't know, like I'm fine. And there's been times where like I'm missing ten seconds of the fight, like I my body was on autopilot, I'm doing things, but I don't. I can't recall the last 10 seconds, you know. Yeah. Uh, for example, I went and when I fought uh, Max Holloway, I remember I was like level changing. He spinning kicked me in the face. And I like kind of like come to him on my feet somehow, right? And then uh, he keeps throwing spinning kicks. I'm like, why is he like throwing these? Like they're not working. What is this guy doing, you know? And uh, I go back to the corner and I asked my corner, like, yo, what do you hit me with? They're like, I was like, an uppercut? He like spinning back here. I was like, oh, all right. So my question to you is, were you home? Was it, ow, that hurt? Was it because sometimes you get punched too and just kind of like shuts the nervous system off for a second, you fall down, you're like, ah, oh, fuck. And you, you know, you're getting right back up instantly. You know, I, I think if you watch the fight, you can tell the ones where I leave the office for a second. No, wait a minute. No, no, no. You can't. Because your recovery, that's what I was going to say. Your recovery, your bounce back, like you died. And then it was two seconds later. Nope, he's good. I think some of the elbows shut me down. But uh, I was still able to. And and shout out to my kickboxing coach, by the way. I know know people are praising toughness and things like that. But 
we all know you don't get more durable as your career goes on. But we've been working just just fundamentals of keeping my feet in a better position, trying to keep my base underneath me better. And I, I can't help but think that that really paid dividends the other night, just having a better base. And not always. Obviously, sometimes when it cracked me, my base wasn't perfect, but it was better than it has been in the past because a lot of these, a lot of times in the past, I haven't been able to recover from shots. So shout out to my guy. We working over here. Another thing uh, for recovering from shots is neck strength. The ability to like when you get punched and like not let your head snap as much um, is uh, kind of a de- you know deterrent of being able to get that's knocked. recoil. Yeah. Um, another thing, I remember I uh, I forget who I lost to, but it was like a TKO, right? And I had to see like a doctor for things afterwards. And he had asked me from what direction the strike was. Mm. And I yeah. told him it was like north side. I was like, oh, okay. And I kind of looked at him like, because what I gathered was the doctor was telling me that it's easy to get knocked out like a south to north strike versus like an east to west strike. I was like, hmm. Because again, I guess they get knocked out from like a like a hook or east of like, then you really got to get hit fucking really hard versus like, because I remember watching Frankie Yeager versus uh, Gray Maynard, right? Frankie, I think, stuffed the takedown. And as they were getting up, just did one of these, like a boop. And he was just like, I mean that's something definitely to consider, especially for you, a longer fighter. <laughs> that that makes sense to me, right? Because I, I believe the chin, the chin's the button because it's the furthest point from your brain, and what's going to knock you out is when that brain shakes inside your skull. So from left to right, you, I mean, we're shorter here than we are from here, so it's just more leverage. So yeah, I mean that that does make perfect sense. Well, they they what's did a study. They did a, the... they did a study on this, and it's a yeah. it's a. a... A thing right here that your bone hits so this the north south hits it almost instantly versus if it goes this way it's got to be a really hard shot for it to like right you know those are bad knockouts too though huh when people do this those are those are bad ones a lot yeah. of times though too those guys aren't off they do right. they have gone off but those guys are wobbled and why just stop the fight versus the, those ones right. are the flat lines and usually the ones where the guy's done but even yeah one thing I wanted to say too, I've seen probably I couldn't even put a number on it. How many thousands, tens of thousands of fights I've ever I've seen, and I don't think I've seen a fight like that, Matt. Where, and that's even I saw you credit the referee for not stopping it. It was your bounce back. Like you didn't have that moment where the referee could even jump in. It would have been almost premature ish. At yeah, that point, I think, I think every time he was thinking about it too, I would I'd throw up enough to just kind of, you know, there, there were moments where he was putting a lot of offense and I'm in trouble and then bang, bang, I, I do shake him with two. So that kind of, that kind of kept me in the game a little bit, but, you know, shout out to Sumu Derji as well. What a dang stud, 26 year old kid from Tibet, you know, and uh, he's tough and I, I wish him the best. I, I was checking in on him, hoping everything was fine. I think he is going to make, uh, full recovery. So uh, shout out to Sue. You know how you have recency biased? Sometimes you have that in fighting. Like, oh, this was the best card. That was the best knockout. This is the best pound for pound fighter. This isn't recency bias. Like when I watched this fight, I was like, holy shit. I do not remember a round like that. The one that comes to mind, and he didn't get rocked that much, is Frankie Edgar versus Gray Maynard. 
where a guy that's why when at the post fight you were like people were saying it's the biggest comeback it might have been like yeah. the yeah. after watching it after watch because i hadn't watched it yet and i agree it certainly was a comeback though i did take the first round and you know if if, it, if i would have had my way and been my sharpest i probably would have just done that for three rounds in a row and, and gotten the w yeah because even the post fight presser we thought because the way the fight was so quick changing, we thought that you got knocked down and then triangled him. You took him down and got swept a little bit and then triangled him. That was yeah. just, yeah, crazy chaotic fight. But. After dropping elbows on his face and, you know, that triangle was, uh, you know, a lot of people talk about getting the, getting the arm over. And I kind of rely on people thinking that they're safe in that spot because I finished that triangle a lot, but uh, it is something to know. Probably could have finished it quicker if I would have just gotten his arm over and he was he was there for it. He wasn't going to stop me from getting his arm over either. Oh my God. In jiu-jitsu, what are your accolades? For I'm, a purple, I'm a purple belt. <laughs> I'm a purple belt in jiu-jitsu. But I've been, Do you I've have been any jiu-jitsu competition or just... No, when I was younger... When I was younger, I competed a lot, but it's always been a strength of my game, especially like I've got, I think, 10 submission wins now. Maybe. And even I heard you say, I think you did one of the interviews you did today. You, you've submitted many black belts. You have MMA jiu-jitsu. Yeah, I don't think anybody on the mat, they're like, oh, let me get Schnell. He's just a purple belt. Oh, my God, too. And Daniel Cormier's reaction. Daniel Cormier lost words and was like, eh, 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 eh. like just started making noises when he, <laughs> when he like turned the momentum in the fight. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, that right hand. I think Cormier has a soft spot for me though. He can be hard on me sometimes too. That's a good thing though. That means he likes you, right? I, we always say this, the people who can roast you and, you know, keep it real with you. They have to have a liking. You know, sure. you have to have a liking and a good rapport and a good relationship with him. But did you speak to – you spoke to DC after the fight, right? Yep. Were you there during your post-fight yeah, interview? Yeah, I was there. I was there. I was there. I, I only got a 30-day suspension. You know, they ran me through everything in the back and cognitively functioning. And, you know, the man can wear his CTE well. What can I say? Like you, that's what I'm asking. I was gonna say you got to soak it all in, right? Because the love that you were getting from the New York crowd was like you and you and Shane Burgos. Yeah, it was good. It was good. Shout out, bring me back. Matt, how, old, how old are you? I'm 32. Okay. I was born in 1990. So and then, what year is this right now for you in MMA? This is 13. I, I made my debut in 2009. So 13. Oh, wow. Okay, so you're amateur debut. I fought 13 amateur fights. I turned 12, I, I turned pro in 2012, so I, I just coming up on 10 years. Uh, that'll pro. be September. 10 years in September professional. But the amateur rules, were those pro rules? Or, yeah. or the amateur yeah. fights, were those pro rules or amateur rules? Pretty much. I mean, we were just wearing – it was pro fights, but no elbows. That was it. Yeah. In Louisiana, in Louisiana and Texas, we didn't have shin pads and none of that nonsense. I, right. I fought 13 fights and – and also had to go everywhere to find fights and competition because around these parts, people stopped showing up for the fight. So so even Dennis, he is also like Dennis Domenis Bermudez. He's done some reality TV, right? What was exactly your M- – I don't – it was – is Cage – was it an MTV reality show or was it like yeah, a – It was a docu-series. Um, it was like 10 episodes Small town Louisiana guys that fought amateur MMA. Is and, is that the one that Dustin was on? No, Dustin was on Fightville, and I wish okay. 
Fightville. Fightville is so uh, such a great documentary. Don't watch Cage. Go fight. Uh, go watch Fightville. If you want to catch up on Cage, a guy on uh, YouTube has a great uh, series on it. Stephen Strangles Everything. You know that guy? On oh, YouTube? we love him. Yeah, you know him, Menace. You know him. He's um, you know him. He's the one who does the um. You're who actually put me on to him, Menace. He does the bully beatdown like reviews. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And he also did he also did one for Caged, all ten episodes. I would say rather than watching it, because it's it's a it's a 2012 reality show and it you just go on and just do Steven Strangles everything. Yeah. Good job. He's, He's from the right Northeast. Here. He's a um Henzo Gracie black belt under mm-hmm. that yeah. whole umbrella. I think he used to train with Jared Gordon, so he's from the same like areas and groups that we affiliate with but yeah that guy i love his content big fan of his shit yeah he's awesome but yeah so now matt schnell you're like the talk of the fight world like what do you do now i mean i i think i'm just gonna keep doing what i've been doing probably take another fight hopefully around november 16th in madison square garden and uh i I need to heal for the next couple of days because i am actually pretty beat up from this one you know i I took some shots out there. Not, not only that, but I, I came into it dealing with stuff. And uh, so maybe maybe take the rest of the week. I might get back to shadow boxing and kickboxing a little bit on Friday. But uh, get back to it. Get back in the routine. I want to I want to cross over and do some different stuff. Uh, my buddy Aaron's been going and training with the group at uh, Donahue, uh, Donahue's uh, in, in Austin. Your team? Yeah, B team. He's been going over there and and working with those guys, and so I think I'm going to start doing that too, and, and uh, just kind of making my rounds, roll through Texas, get back on a routine, get back in a fight, uh, keep on, dude. I'm one of the best. I can beat all these guys. I've had uh, some rocky start, you know, I've had some rocky performances, but I've had some good ones too, and I think I'm a guy. So it's time to make my run. And uh, what am I going to do? Get back to work and go whip some people. Yeah. Before this fight on Saturday. Um, how many followers did you have on Instagram or on Instagram? I had 20,000, 20.4 or something. And like now that. you've got like 41. Yeah. We doubled That's it. That's huge. And you know, yeah. it's, it's crazy how much the, like the social media game has like gotten with MMA. Cause I remember like, I think I beat Clay Guido. I gained like 8,000, you know, fans or like followers. Yeah. I was like, yeah. You know? Yeah. It's always a good thing to get a little bump, and I've had I've had some small bumps here and there, but to double it, that's a that's a nice night. <clears throat> Shout out to the the one picture, uh, that picture, huh? Because that that's the thing that's probably oh, where he's laying there, and you're like, yeah, there's it's it's right, it's like a front view, and he's he's on my knee, and I mean, what a what a great shot legendary so that's when you get like framed right oh yeah we're gonna get that framed <clears throat> my wife's just gonna put it in the attic somewhere but we're gonna get a <laughs> frame to put in the attic somewhere somebody will, will want to display it one day oh yeah that's the one you put right over like your desk in your office i mean if you're not married you got no kids you put that over your couch in your living room like when people no, walk he in he puts it over his bed yes <laughs> daddy's home and then oh my god like even when i first got to the event I'm in the bathroom. I bump into Eves. You know, Eves has always been a good friend of Dennis. Uh, you know, very kind to me. I've done podcasts with him. He starts, oh, I'm here with Matt Schnell. I start talking to him like, yeah, I know Matt Schnell's from the top team. Sumadari's with the top team. And Eves is like, are you fucking kidding me? What? Yeah, we know. Yeah, and then we went right up to you and we started talking. And then I just started bullshitting with you. And just I was like, oh, man, I, I fucking like Matt Schnell. 
And then even you were like, I don't know Dennis, but I know Dennis. Tell Dennis I said what's up. And then Dennis was like, who's matched now? Who, which one's matched now? I showed him, and he's like, oh, I don't know him. But he said he knew me. I'm like, no. He said he knew of you. And he's like, okay, okay. Something that me and Dennis talked about, and it's you'll, you could attest to this. Like, who's your GOAT? Who's your all-time? Who's the greatest of all time to you? My favorite of all time is BJ Penn. And I just I, – I really I really enjoyed the bravado of, of his uh, – you know, he was the phenom. He was he was the guy that that got his black belt in three years. So I kind of became enamored with that storyline. I think in my mind, BJ Penn is the goat also because he never really got and, and not because of his record, but because he never got accused of doing steroids and uh, he probably had a pretty fun party life and that's why he was inconsistent with things. But BJ Penn to me, prime BJ Penn, that was that was who I was tuning in to watch. Wait, Menace. Man, wait, man, wait, Menace. Like, what? No, I know where you're going with this. And I think it's BJ Penn because BJ Penn was the lowest weight class. No, nope, Matt started watching. BJ Penn's a little guy. That's what I'm saying. BJ yeah. Penn, 100%. I always say, like, Menace is surprised sometimes when guys kind of like fighters, not, and I shouldn't be, but he's like, oh, how does that guy know me? And I'm like, bro, the little weight classes, like, you're paying attention to 35 and 45 and 55. Yeah, I was I was in on the WBC early on too. You know, I was tuning in. Your eye favor, Dominic Cruz won. And yeah, you guys know what's up. There's way more skill and technique in the lower weight classes. Oh my god! Like what you guys are doing is. Stan, you remember we saw Sean Shelby, right? Yeah. He was saying, like, we only have, like, 20 heavyweights. And I was like, man, he's like, yeah, we're shallow. I'm like, do you know where the best heavyweight is? He was like, I was like, he plays in the NBA. And then I feel he goes, yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> you know? Sean Shelby thought Menace had a prospect for him. He's like, I'm all ears. <laughs> <laughs> then he was eyeballing me. But, yeah, usually the lower weight guys, like their goat or the guys that they watched or the guys they paid attention to are the lower weight classes. The, the higher weight classes, of course, you maybe watch the fights, but you, you – I think a part of me have, have always been a fan of the, the technical aspects of fighting too. Not that I haven't enjoyed the heavyweights and I tune in to heavyweight fights. I can't wait to be in the building July 30th and watch Derek Lewis go out there and fight some other Russian guy. Cannot wait. That's going to be awesome. The heavyweights are cool. I think another reason that the pool of talent at heavyweight is so shallow is, yeah, not only are the big guys in the uh, the NBA and in the NFL, you're right about that, but oftentimes, or in my experience throughout my sporting career, the biggest guy on the team was the softest guy on the team. It's hard yes, to like get that yes. balance of like killer and big boy that's a killer. I think that's more rare than anything and not taking shots at the big boys. Obviously, there's some murderers out there, but that was my experience. The biggest guy there, we needed him and he'd, he'd always be a starter. But it's like if I was one of those guys, I'd be playing in the NFL. Yes. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think that the the lower weight class is almost I maybe pay attention to fighting a little more I can almost yeah. say but like yeah so that's why menace some guys know who you are or recognize you or still so real quick he said uh he was speaking about UFC 277 so I went over there real quick Paulo Costa versus Luke Rockhold canceled why is this oh no um Rockhold's still fighting though huh yeah, no, if anything, it's pushed to August, or is it canceled again? 
I it just says canceled. Yeah, I think it might it might be on it's on a different card. It's on it's on a different card, I believe. Okay. Because I've been seeing like I don't I don't know why, but like Luke Rockhold's been like showing up on my Instagram like all the time. So even Matt here, and now that we'll just segue with Luke Rockwell, right. do you do psilocybin or shrooms at all, or psilocybin, however you pronounce it, or have you ever gotten into the shrooms? Yeah, I mean, I've I've experimented a little bit. I've uh, you know nothing crazy. I've done like uh, a microdose, like point two every four days at one point through through training camps. I started doing that in like 2018, but I've, it's not something I've stayed consistent with. And to be perfectly honest, I don't know if. You know, I, I really don't know what I was doing. I just, I just kind of got on that routine as if I was taking my vitamins, and uh, it, yeah, I liked it. It was cool with me. I like a little. I like to be a little shroomy. Well, even that's why I asked because le- re- recently Luke has come out and said, like, yeah, shrooms. I'm microdosing. I'm eating a couple grams a day. Um, you know, it's like changing my life. So, and we talked to Jessica yeah, Penny. Gonna get a W for you. Be like, oh. That's what I should be doing then too, right? Okay, but even Jessica Penne just had some wins. She just had a tough fight, but she, you know, a lot of people are experimenting. But even um, with that fight, they it was supposed to be on this card originally, but they took it off to add more to UFC 278. What fight? What fight's that? Usman Edwards. Oh right. So yeah, this is uh. Paulo Costa versus Rockhold is the undercard of that. It's actually the co-main event of that night. Okay. Oh, oh, you just found out why it got canceled? No, it didn't get canceled. It got moved. I think Costa did have to push it though. I remember Rockhold because I've been I follow Rockhold too. I think uh, I think yeah, he some some about he's that. lean right now, dude. Dude, what a freaking stun! Yeah, freaking I mean, old Jack motherfucker. As a Rockhold fan. I am a Rockwell fan. I'm sure you guys are too, I think, or if you guys are, this is a tough fight for him. Yes. Like, it's always that yeah. thing. Even like a Conor McGregor, I'll say, you don't need to come, you, you don't, you have to, but you don't have to. You don't need to come back and fight a top five guy. Yeah. When when guys go on skids too, it, it's until they, until they like remind you that they're that guy again, it's, it's hard not to think about it. And I, I can attest to that. I think I've, you know, just came out of a skid so i know what it's like to be there but for rockhold i i was watching luke rockhold beat jacare souza on strike force watching it on showtime when i was a kid yeah. seems like so uh I've, I've always been a rockhold fan i know what he's capable of so anytime he fights like i'm gonna tune in because i know he can just put it together one night so yeah i i hope he gets it done uh, Paulo Costa is not my favorite guy either. Just, just as a from a fan's uh, aspect. Uh, but, yeah. There you go. He is so funny though, Paulo Costa. I think anyway. I think it's kind of it's silly, like the whole weight thing. That was that was. Uh, you know, he he just didn't even have a, a, anything good to say about it. Oh, for sure. Him, him versus Marvin Vittori was gold. Like, the yeah. whole back and forth between both of them was gold. Yeah. Why in the heck would he miss weight? You know, it just didn't make sense. It just showed up. was like, yeah, I need to catch weight. You know, like, didn't really give any. And it's like, if, if something happens, then then speak up and say it. You know, I, I know And then he was like, and then he was like, Marvin, what weight do you want to fight at? And Marvin was like, the fucking weight we agreed to, 185. <laughs> And then he was like, how about 195, 205? 
Oh, I love that guy. Though. Anything, anything but 185. He, he won me over, Paulo Costa. What do you got the kids going to now, Matt? Yeah. Yeah, I, I just got to hang on one second. Power, do a powerbomb? I'll do a powerbomb. Uh, what are your boys no, doing? They, I don't know. They came in. The, the older ones got on full lacrosse gear. He's like, I put this lacrosse gear on for you. And he's like fired up. Oh, and even Matt. Yeah, we don't mind if bring kids on. The wife could come on. We like, we, we love when people come on our podcast. Dennis she's is just, she's been a bit much for her mom today. So, but well, I'm, I'm sitting in her playroom too. So How old like, is she? She's two. She turned two in February. So, ooh, the terrible twos. And uh, yeah. I didn't. I found my kids were worse in their threes than their twos. Okay, well that that's not something to look forward to. She's, Sorry, I just. Not. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, she's 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 a pleasure, but she's been kind of sick. Especially, I came home uh, yesterday, and her nana left. That's my mother-in-law. She she left, and then uh, as soon as she left, Penelope just starts puking everywhere. And it's just me here. My arms all busted up. I'm kind of haggling around. I got I took some inside low kicks, so my my legs kind of. And she's just she just needs to hang on me, and and I gotta be daddy. So just right yeah. back, uh, right back to the light. What um? Oh, what was I say? Oh yeah. So is she like constantly trying to kill herself? <laughs> no, she's pretty. That's what like little kids that age. They're just constantly like, what is this? Like stick my finger in an outlet. What? Let, let right. me. Right. Oh yeah. You know, oh yeah. That's let me stuff. grab sharp things. Like right. It's but she's pretty like. I think I think that's more of a boy thing because okay. we have we have friends with boys and they just they're ready to dive head first off. The let's mountain. yeah, let's jump off these stairs. You're like, dude. Yeah, but Penelope, she's kind of danky and it's it's pretty cute. She's she's pretty careful. It's funny. Okay. And now I didn't know like the whole time you were like, oh, we got to get food for his wife at the hotel and stuff. And I'm like, oh, all right. I'm like, I, I would have thought maybe his wife would hang out. Your wife's pregnant. She's pregnant. Yeah. Made made yeah. the trip out for the fight. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt, and this is one of those things I, me and Dennis always like to ask fighters about this and even kind of like the shit that you got to put a spouse through in fighting. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Like to watch that fight, she got the little, the little, little mat probably oh in the God, oven. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's tough. It's tough life and, and God bless them. She's a good one and she's always been very supportive. How long ago was it that you slipped one past the, the goalie? <laughs> How pregnant uh, is she? The the baby's due in, in January. Now, how is she with fighting? Like, is it is she squirmish to it? Is she okay with it? You've been in it, well, the game long enough. She was she was at my pro debut, so it's it's been ten years. I mean, she didn't see the amateur stuff, but she watched Caged, and she knows that I've, I've been fighting fights for a long time. It's it's not like she signed up not knowing that this was what I did. So now uh, she she's, met you at the pro debut. Or you guys were already dating. We were already we were already dating. We were already dating. Because half the reason why I even started fighting was the pickup chicks. I was going to say, did you use the cage line? Like, I was on TV, reality TV. It's a a sad thing when it doesn't work, though, because I I was the best uh, guy in Louisiana for years and years and years before cage came along. I never got a girlfriend because I was a fighter. Hear me out. Any girl that's at your fight... When after you beat up another guy in that gymnasium, that small theater, that single, she's in play. If you want her, you can have her, right? Yeah, yeah. It seems like if you put yourself, guy, in some guys don't know. Yeah. Like I remember those. Like I was like, I am the charisma, like the fucking. You're just everything around you. There's like a fucking aura. Like I can kill anybody, and I will kill 
you you for me yeah definitely but i remember i made my amateur debut in lawton oklahoma and and there was a pretty good crowd but it was it was a homely looking bunch not a good looking one in the whole dang group i've never been to a place like that i'm from Louisiana. yeah a lot of pretty girls where i'm from but uh, I've also fought in front of like a ruckus crowd of 19 in like Benton, Arkansas. So, uh, yeah, it's just fighting for me. Now, Cage changed things up. Of course, of course, I was on MTV. That was a different time in my life. God bless it. That's when I met my wife in what we refer to as the aftermath of Cage. And, uh, yeah. You should so, get an MTV tattoo, dude. <laughs> like riffraff. Yeah. Like on my neck. Yeah. 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 Just floating out there. Man though, so where you've come from in fighting, this this moment has to be that much more sweet. You got the you got bonus money, right? Yeah. You got the win check. You got the double mm-hmm. the double paycheck. Mm-hmm. And I believe Dane is probably gonna send something your way discretionary wise. Yeah. I don't know what it is with the ABC, but I'd imagine the UFC's probably getting cut some kind of check from ESPN or for the ABC fight that might be getting going to the fighters a little bit. So, what do you got, Menace? I got a question. This one's for Matt Schnell. Yes. Um, the crypto.com, do you guys get money from that? I don't think so. They have started. So, what crypto.com has been doing. Oh, it's for the extra. They, they, they do give us Bitcoin, and I think that's only pay-per-views. I'm, I'm not sure if that's every event, but there's a first, second place in Bitcoin. That's like $30,000, $20,000, $10,000 in Bitcoin, which today is pretty – it's a good amount in Bitcoin. Uh, but um, what was I going to – because all that stuff is down. They also were doing some like Top Shot, like an NFT project where they were selling off the uh, NFTs of – certain events and and things okay. like that and i know that they were going to start uh in some way paying us with that and opportunities through that so and yeah then venom gives you guys uh you guys get money from venom yeah venom's like reebok it, it's a okay. similar thing the so same I, this was my 11th fight in the ufc so i should get a fatter check from venom this time than in the past um because i remember i was fighting on a reebok and then remember those p3s came out Mm-hmm. on the shorts yeah i don't think it wasn't on a card i was on but i asked the buddy like hey did you get anything from p3 they're like no well remember the p3 thing and when kind of like when monster first came on they were like picking you know like p3 or monster must have went to no, dana dude, i remember one no p3 was picking events where i feel like no no picked. no p, p they were they were putting a patch on people's shorts yeah. And, and I remember them even when I was in the UFC, they would tell us like early on, they would tell us like, yeah, you might have another logo on, on your shorts. You're not going to get paid for it. But because, yeah, the Internet, it. the Internet was like, what the fuck is this? Like, how much did yeah. they pay X fighter or so and so fighter for that logo yeah. that they're not allowed? Monster, to- Monster and P3 was at one time one of those. But, yeah, you know, I for me the sponsorship deals were always kind of messed up by the time i came into it like people were paying for paying a bunch of money for sponsorships i was like the generation after that but uh i you know everything's everything's worked well for from my perspective and i think the uniformity of things have brought us brought us into a more mainstream position which ultimately in the long run is worth more than a couple thousand dollars Uh, but but that being said yeah i mean 
when, when the crypto thing happened, I, I'm I'm definitely on board for them being more transparent about exactly what's going on for that because you sign a two hundred eighty million dollar deal with a company and start sticking it in the middle of our chest. Yeah, I'm 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 like, what's going on? What's up with that? But uh, yeah. So I, I think they have been trying to do things, and it seems like more bonuses have, have has become uh, more plentiful. And I think as we continue to move forward, continue to grow, have big nights, uh, set ourselves apart, there's always going to be more opportunity. So, Oh, yeah. So. And then that's we're in that stage. Me and Menace always say it. We're in the leather helmet <laughs> stage, if you will, if you want to use like an old football analogy. The sport's still very young. So when people yeah. are like, oh, how come the fighters aren't making – X amount or they're not getting the lion's share or all of the Reebok or Venom money. It's there's, you know, a rhyme and a reason and a system in play that's growing everything. So that way the next generation of fighters, you know, Dennis's generation was here. Matt Chanel's generation's here. The next two generations are going to be sponsored by Nike and have, you know, big, huge crypto deals and all types of shit like that. Most likely is where that, yeah. you know, the trajectory well, seems things, to be going there. Things continue to rise, and <clears throat> yeah, I think it's yeah we are still at the infancy of this thing, and the UFC is doing well. Certainly compared to other MMA promotions, I think they earn like eighty five percent of all uh, revenue that comes in from mixed martial arts goes to the UFC, which is how everything is in pretty much all industries. There's always one that sets itself apart, and. Uh, yeah, they're at the forefront of things, but still, like you can't compare them to either of the big three sports. Those guys are, you know, making ten times the revenue. Big three sports. Football. What do you mean? Uh, football, basketball, and baseball. Okay. Yeah. All right, NHL guys are killing it. Soccer players are murdering it. Those the golf guys are killing it. You know what I mean? Yes, but here's the only thing that I'd have to get more into the numbers with it. But the UFC is worth one franchise maybe two you know what i mean okay. like say the nfl has whatever 30 teams each right. team is valued yeah. at like what the ufc is you know what i mean right and, and not to say that there's there is still room and it's a different model obviously we don't have 55 main rosters so there are differences but uh yeah and it's all complex and i understand that but uh i think i think we're doing the right things keep on moving forward uh, I, I like to negotiate for myself, and uh, yeah, let's keep. Oh, working. you don't have a manager? I, that's my next question. Is I was going to say, like, you don't have a manager, right? I heard you say that. Yeah, I don't. I don't have a manager. Uh, Safe Saud is my head coach, and he helps me with the matchups. And you know, he's also very close to the matchmakers. As am I. Me and McMahon, you know, McMahon signed me as an amateur to Legacy Fighting Promotions. So I've known him for a very long time. We live in the same, oh, you know, he lives a couple of neighborhoods over from me over here. And So I, here's my little thing on that. Um, when you get into negotiations and like, nah, da, da, da. a manager, it doesn't, you can just be even like a friend or whatever you want that you're like, is my manager. And I just, you know. Because the UFC, if they're negotiating with you and you don't give them like what they want or whatever, they're gonna actually get mad at you. Yeah. But if you have a manager, you could be like, "Listen, I don't know. I just kind of pay this guy to kind of help me out. I didn't say anything. He's just trying to get me more money. That's just that's his job. That's what I pay him to do." And th that in that in that scenario, that's when co Coach Safe would come into play. Okay, but but typically, you know, especially where they I have a standard. 
Yeah. You know, you'd have to either hold out on your contract to your last fight type deal or like be killing fucking everybody. We're like, dude, you kidding me? You know? And I think when you have big opportunities or, or big moments and, and have big pops and things change, I think it is fair to ask for more, especially like if you if you're a big underdog and you go out and you sleep a guy, maybe it is and you're only two fights in your contract, I think it is fair to be like, Hey, can we can we at least discuss this can we can we get the conversation going and honestly i've just found things have gone better for me since i've started negotiating for myself not only is it good for me to develop that and cultivate that skill set but ultimately things get and who's got who's got a better interest for me than me come on for sure for sure yeah. um, now what this is the menace of the man show stan you have more serious questions well, I just had one or more about like opponents. Like, what do you, you, how many opponents do they give you? Is it like one name and take it or leave it? Or they give you maybe two to be like, oh, this date maybe? It depends. Sometimes they come to me with, uh, with, with, uh, sometimes they come to me with like, okay, this is the date. These are kind of the guys we're looking for. Do you, you know, is, is there somebody that, you know, maybe. Because right now, you, you know, being in this division, 125, especially with whatever's going on with Figueredo, an interim title coming in, it's wide open. You yeah, could, and it always is. You know, I've been one went away from the title before. If I would have beat Pantoja in 2019, I probably would have fought for the UFC title. Uh, and that just goes to show how little most people know about the division. Because I've been in this division for a minute, and I've been close. Uh, but, yeah, I'm, I'm well aware. That's why when I call names, I'm not I'm, – I'm really careful. I'm not trying to call a guy that – that I think I've got every advantage over. I like to call these. Uh, if you look back a little ways, I was coming out of the cage calling for Davidson Figueredo. Realistically, right now you're one fight away. Yeah, sure. I'm gonna I mean, so look. I'll go Figueredo. I'd I'd say two. I'd say two. no. Listen, one Figueredo, Moreno, and who's Moreno fighting? Uh, Kai Car France. Kai Car France. Yeah. Would they had you rank eight? That's three right there. There's only five guys potentially in front of you. If you fight one of those five. Yeah. And that's what I called. I called Nicolau. He's going to be one in front of me. Maybe Tuesday they give me one bump in front of him. Maybe to incentivize him to come and fight me. I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. That'd be some. That'd be a chess move by Mr. Maynard and the guys. I, I don't know who all runs the rankings, but uh, I wouldn't mind a bump in ranking just to, just to say I did it. Honestly, you uh, might go up one or two because I think the rankings are done by the media. Okay, yeah. Alex Perez is number six. Me and Alex Perez have supposed to fight Fonda Baker's dozen times before, so uh, he's he's matched up. Actually, July 30th. That's going to be a great card, July 30th. I, I can't wait to be there with Moreno, and then Pantoja's making his return, too, against Alex Perez. So uh, it'll be fun to be in the building. But, yeah, of course, one, one away. Uh, Mateus Nicolau, probably, I would think, maybe one more after that, and then, yeah, I'm up for a title shot. But yeah, very close right now. So hopefully next time we're talking to Matt Schnell, it's in a number one contender fight or maybe a title fight, something like that going on. Wouldn't it be nice? Gold belt buckles. That's what I've always been after. Now, I have also, when we first bumped into you, that's why I, I when I heard you say on an interview that you don't have a manager, I think it was Hawani's or, right? I think that's where you said it. Um, I saw you with the guy from Vayner Sports. So I just kind of, and he said, oh, we're going to do something with him with the trading card. So I just thought maybe they were your managers. Then when I heard you say that, I was like, oh, I guess yeah. not. Yeah, we, I've been, I have been discussing things with Vayner Sports, but mostly in, on the marketing side of things, just because, I mean, I, it's, it's foolish for me to, I don't know. I, and, and it's, it's up for discussion and I, I I've got a good team around me. I'm not making decisions for myself without at least uh, consoling a few people. Coach Safe, 
Eve Edwards, my wife, uh, teammates, people who I trust that that uh, have my best interests as well. But uh, the Vayner Sports guys, yeah, I've been I've been talking to them. I'm interested in them more. For, like to do like, events with them and stuff like that. Say it again. Like to do events with them and, and such. Events and and just uh, like make make the the sponsorship contacts happen. Maybe maybe have them. Uh, bring them in to help me with social media, you know, help use their resources. I live in Houston, Texas. There's, there's a million people who do everything I need them to do in that city. I just don't necessarily know the right contacts. So yeah. things like that, just, just start trying to build my YouTube. Uh, I, I do have a, you know, knack for the sports cards and, and it's a community that I'm now uh, pr- pretty well established in and, and we could uh, try to kind of cultivate something more out of that. So Did you say that Sports cards. Oh, sports cards. Yeah, I've seen. You do sound kind of like a, a good NASCAR. Like a NASCAR driver? Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah. I can't drive for shit though. No, not really. I mean, I I don't get in wrecks, but I'm not out here driving fast either. I like going fast. Good heck. So now you don't drink, right? Or you're not a big no. drinker? Not a big drinker. I'll have a drink. My my buddy's getting married here in October, and. uh we're going to Chicago. I'm sure we're going to get wasted. It's going to be terrible. Well, I mean, yeah, but in terms of keeping your weight down, yeah. that was one of my biggest things. Is I probably drank too much in between fights and fucking would put on like 30 pounds. Like, God. Yeah, and and I'm already too big to fight. Like, I'm I'm, a hundred, I'm 152 pounds, so. Yo, okay. We talked about that. Yeah, you are, when I sized you up, when I first met you, I was like, he's, he's big for a 25er. Yeah, and it wasn't always that way. I'm just I'm a little bigger now. I think I'm regulating my sleep better, uh, kind of doing my strength and conditioning more. So I do carry a little muscle, more muscle than I used to, and thus I'm just a little bit bigger. And so the cuts are they're tasking. I'm having to bring on professional help, uh, pretty much year year round. Because yeah, then we were even talking about it. I was talking how you are a solid size, one twenty five. I was telling you how small Henry Cejudo was, and you were like, I've actually had some work with him. So you done a lot of rounds with arguably one of the goats at that smaller weight class. I can compete with anybody. Even, I mean, look back at the fights I've lost. I've had some, some big falls. I've had some curious moments, but I mean, I'm competitive with everybody. But, up, you know, right up to the, the day I walked in, I fought Rob Font on six days notice and it was a scrap. He put me away in the first, but go back and watch that fight. The boy was out there scrapping. So I think I can compete with anybody. I gotta, I gotta stay focused. I gotta keep, sharpening my competitive edge we're always working to get better you know the, this fight went well but it could have gone better if i was sharper i could have just put him away in first but it, it's one of those things we're always working on it but yeah i think i can fight with anybody i really do i hey i told Eves, hey if you need me come down do a little dude come on I'm he serious. was like maybe i will put together a little maybe i'll hit you up on that and get you know get you a couple bucks to come on down here and yeah show a couple we, date downs we've, we've got a small group of guys and I think that we are we're all pretty open minded as far as instruction goes, uh, but it's 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 a high level group of guys, and I promise if you came in and showed us some stuff, you would influence us. For sure. Oh yeah, what, Adrian Yanez, you got there. Who are the other guys you got over there? Rafael Stotts is there too. We got some some Muay Thai guys from around here that are trying to make the transition, and they learn quick, they pick it up quick. There's a there's a good group of of uh, younger professionals in this area. Uh, flyweights too. Uh, they, there's a kid named Alan uh, Korea that's that's really good. Uh, he, he trains at four ounce, but he co- comes and cross trains with me. Josh Walker, 
Paris Moran. I mean, there's some serious there's some kids around here that are going to fight in the UFC one day and, and they're, they're kind of at the infancy of stuff. And then you've got guys like myself, Stotts and Adrian Yanez who are kind of in the thick of their careers. And then all under the watchful eye of the man, the myth, the legend himself, Eve Edwards. Oh, Jitsu. Yeah. The thug Jitsu master. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to get it more consistent and, and I have to be more, you know, I'm hurt right now. I just fought, but I'm, I'm eager to get back in there because I know, the more I'm there, the more other people are there, the better it gets ripping. So uh, it, it starts with it starts with the continuity of us putting our feet on the mats every day. But yeah, I, I, that's why I, I can't wait, man. I really think that Eve and and the things that we're doing, me me be, being willing to bounce around and use Fortis MMA and other other places too. I really think that we're going to bring this area along, and in the long run, uh, y'all are going to see some some dominant performances come out of this area. Oh, for sure. Especially since Fortis MMA has popped up. It seems like uh, before that, I think it was just like Derek Lewis and a few like outliers. Now it seems like Texas is becoming a hotbed for MMA. And on top of everyone moved there. Everyone migrated there from from like uh, Cali and shit, right? Yeah. So I'm sure a lot of people are moving in, getting things going there now. But one of my favorite things that happened this weekend was, yes, I got to smoke a little with Matt Schnell. And then the best was Eves got into my car. He's like, Dennis Bermudez, it smells like weed in here. And I was like, that's because I'd be smoking weed, Eves. And he was like, what are we doing? Are we smoking weed right now? So then I like, y- you could attest to this, Matt. Like, Eves is a legend. Like, especially yeah. if you know, like, you're an old school fight fan. Like, for me, I told Eves, I'm like, you do realize only a few knockouts live up here rent free. Him yeah. knocking out Josh Thompson is one of them. Like, what it stays one. up here. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then... Hanging out with Eves, and then Eves was like, oh, Matt wants to smoke. I hung out with Matt Schnell. Lauren Murphy comes around. Puna Soriano at the press conference. Like, it's good to see a lot of fighters almost being a little bit more open with cannabis use and using it for the Did right reasons. Did you up with uh, Puna? No. I hit him up, and I guess he, I'm assuming he found what he needed somewhere. I was going to see if he wanted the podcast tonight, but I figured we'd give uh, Matt his due, you know, his episode. Poon is the man. I enjoy him. But yeah, it was it was a nice little cipher session that I have that in my memory, you know, that I could say like, all right, yeah, after a fight, yeah, this is how. And I think it, I think it will become more mainstream with guys, and I, I don't necessarily put it out there all the time that it's that it's something that um, that I utilize, but it certainly is. And anybody who knows me, they're well aware. It's it's no secret if you're in my circle. But uh, yeah, it's it's cool to see. I, it's something that. Uh, that I feel like I have let get away from me in the past. It's healthier like, than drinking. Oh my yeah. God. It, it, it's the greatest. But abuse is pain. Abuse is abuse no matter what, you know, and if, if you're blowing down freaking thick blunts before you walk into sparring, you're not going to be your, your absolute best. So there is, I think there's a happy median in there and I'm always kind of trying to tiptoe that line, but uh, yeah, it's, it's good. It's good. I, I do enjoy it. It does take the edge off things. Honestly, my wife doesn't mind it very much either because she says it makes me nicer. So I don't know. That's just something to think about. Oh, for sure. And even like in that situation, you went through a war, a bloodbath of a war. Lauren Murphy went through 15 minutes with Misha Tate. You know, you guys, you know, went through a scrap. Puna, Puna at the post-fight press conference with his broken thumb was like, who has weed? He was asking the media, like, I need somebody to hook me up. So... Hilarious. If you're using it for the right reasons, no no problem doing it, you know? It's illegal. I mean, it's legal in New York, too, so heck, you can do that. 
Oh yeah, that was that was like the great amazing news to everybody that I was telling that to. I'm like, oh no, anywhere you can smoke a cigarette, you can smoke weed. They were like, really? I like New York. I like this. I like this because not many places it's like that now. But so what's um what's like the first thing Matt does when he gets done with a fight? Like when you get home, yeah. you, family and whatnot. Like you don't have a job, like a day job, right? You're like a stay at home dad. Stay at home dad. So I mean, I've got I've got a honeydew list a country mile long. So I've got uh, I've got some organizing to do in the garage. I've got uh, I've had to I've got my sprinklers that they need to be uh, adjusted. So I've been putting that off for about four weeks. Um, you know, got to got to get right back. I'm a homeowner. You know, I got. Yeah, did you really just ask him this question? Yeah. What do you mean? <laughs> This is my last one, and then we're getting into some fights. That's a stuff. weak question, really. That, that's like, did it, who else asked you that question, Matt? Yeah. Y'all want to hear about how after you get done fighting, what are you gonna do? Yeah, I mean, honestly, honestly, I do think it's a good question. And well, I was no, not Dennis. I, I, I give, he's I a stay-at-home dad. Yeah, he's one he's of the best. You're not a stay-at-home dad. He's at, he's home to take care of his daughter, but he's not like a stay-at-home dad. He this man's working. More than his wife, probably. He proudly puts it out there that he's a stay-at-home dad. That's why I said it. It's on his Instagram. That's the only reason I brought it up. But yeah, anyway. I, I, I like to think it's it's something kind of in between. But, yeah. But, we, you know, I'm not I'm not uh, babysitting my, my baby every day. We put her in daycare, not only because uh, I think it's best for her development, but it does give me better opportunity to get around and train. But, yeah, I – I love taking care of my home. This is what I've always worked to do. And uh, I, I, yeah, I care about things. So real quick, before we get you out of here, we'll just go these 125 fights that are coming up at UFC 277. We'll make you put, you know, your name out there with Matt Schnell's going with. Who do you think wins, Pantoja or Alex Perez? It's it's a tough one. I think uh, Pantoja's coming off of a long layoff, but so is Alex Perez. They've been, it's it's kind of hard for me to peg who's going to come out there, uh, who's going to be influenced by ring rust or, or what's what's going to happen. I would say if they both come out their best, uh, I give the edge to Perez just because he's such a dominant. He can wrestle so well, and he's got such a good top control. And I don't know if Pantoja – and he's big too. And Pantoja's not as big as Alex Perez. But Pantoja's also looked really good, like was able to shut down – uh, Askar Askarov's takedown attempts. So it could go either way. Pantosha's a dog, and I've been in there with Pantosha, and I know that he can he can get it done. So I really don't have a great answer for you there, to be perfectly honest. It's going to be a scrap. Those guys can go. What are the odds, Stan? Um, are odds yet? Yeah, I'd assume Pantosha's the favorite, but I'm going to check them right now. So, yeah, I mean, that's I'm looking at the rankings. They got four versus six. So... They're trying to find that next. Do you think one of these guys might be the the next name thrown at you? Uh, it could be. I, I fought Pantoja in in January 2019, I believe, or December 20. I can't remember. I fought Pantoja. He knocked me out. It was a crazy round two. We both almost knocked each other out. He just ended up getting me. Uh, Kill or be killed. That's right. And then and then me and Perez, we've supposed to be we've been supposed to fight five different times and. You know, it's gone back and forth. My fault, his fault. Close. Pantoja's minus 150. Uh, Perez is plus 135. Yeah. Mm. Which yeah. of the two do you think favors your fighting style? Say it again. Which of the two do you think benefits your fighting style? 
Well, me and Pantoja are going to bang it out every single time. So that'll be an entertaining one. Whereas Perez, we're going to hit each other and Perez is going to shoot. All right. So another big one in your division, interim title fight, which surprises me. But I guess now it's coming out that Waleed Ismael might be the problem or win the whole Davis yeah. and Figueredo negotiations. But Brandon Moreno versus Kai Car France for the interim uh, flyweight title. Again, a reason to to negotiate for yourself so you don't just get completely taken advantage of by some dude. Uh, but yeah, I, I I like Moreno again in that matchup because they fought before Moreno kind of pieced up Kai. Kai's done Kai's done great, but uh, I think I think Moreno gets it done. Oh man, Moreno is so tough. He's like one of those guys. Like it's at this point in his career, it's tough to pick up against him unless he's fighting. Yeah, I've tra- I've trained with Moreno too, and he he. He's a bad dude. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. My my wife is she's losing her mind, so I I need to go and uh All right, Matt. Yeah, appreciate you guys. We appreciate you, brother. We'll definitely do this again. I want to talk about potential street fights you may or may not have had. You can you have time to make one up if you want. And then I want to know a little bit more about why Matt Schnell is Matt Schnell, like what you're growing up and all that when next time we have you on. Absolutely. I'll do two trues and a lie uh, with street fights. There's plenty of them. So. Right, oh, if you like doing interviews, Matt, we'll we'll get you back. And we like recurring yeah, guests, definitely. and it gets funner as we go. Once once we start Absolutely. to get to know somebody, but we had a great time with you tonight. Again, amazing performance. It was amazing to watch. It was great hanging out with you. Big Matt Schnell fan. Thank you, guys. Such a pleasure. Great to finally meet you, Dennis. Uh, definitely, definitely a longtime fan. And awesome to meet you too, Stanley. I will see you guys around. God bless, brother. Yep. Yeah, big match Chanel fan. Man, I don't I thought I felt like the menace of the man was boring in that interview. You felt like what? The menace of the man was boring in that interview. You went like real you went like real, real MMA journalist. You felt like we were blowing? Boring. Boring. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. That's not I don't feel like we were. Why do you feel like we were boring? You, you. I mean, listen. You, if you're like really in that man, you like everything we're talking about. You're like, oh man, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. But if you're just a casual, and no, you want to hear my last question. No, man, my, my last question. That's what I was trying to get at. Like, are you a real stay-at-home dad? Like, you're taking. Well, you should have. I think you should have worded it like that. I didn't word it properly. I apologize. But we're, yeah, we're I rusty. Like, we're rusty. I, what do you mean? Like, we're rusty. I think, guys. Hey, so you're done with your fight? Like. What are you gonna do? You get home, like menace. We're rusty. We got dull blade. Oh, you are, you piece of shit. We got a dull blade right now. You're dull. Gotta keep sharpening it. But even here, uh, real quick, we'll recap UFC Long Island. What was your fondest memory of this weekend? Oh man, I figured you'd at least start rattling a few off. Can't pinpoint one. Maybe when I lost that bet to that one guy that was like, yo, but you can't touch that sprinkler. Oh, yeah. He Man. fucking, he like, that was like, all my passes. Like, fuck. That kid, that kid had like, for a white kid, he had like extra calf muscles. Like, he must. Yeah, well, he was talking to that, that, uh, like, uh, the black dude that was selling the drinks. And yeah. was like, you play basketball? And I was like, do you? I like, well, then I like, you can't touch that shit. How, how tall do you think that was? 10 foot? 12. It wasn't. At least it wasn't 
10 maybe. I'm not sure. There's probably a code of how high sprinklers are, but but yeah, you really felt like we did a boring interview there with um Matt. I disagree. Comment hang on. Comment below what you guys think. Why weren't you telling him any of your jokes? You had everyone else laughing at the UFC all weekend. What I was kind of trying. Like, you were, like, banging, picking away with, like, real MMA questions. I'm like, all right. Was I? What was the real? I don't think I was. But we'll, we'll play it back and we'll see. Who would you train with? Like, you know? Yeah, I guess I did. My apologies. Listen, I'm okay with it. No, I'm, I'm not. But here's, but, the thing. Here, but here's the thing. I'm not okay with it because now if I think back, I'm like, oh, man. Because I was about to get into street fights with him, and then you're like, one more thing. And I was like, all right, I'm done, man. I don't got time for this. Eh, well, he had a good time. That's all that matters. But UFC Long Island, I had a Did good he? time. Did we even really get him to laugh, Stan? We get everybody to laugh. I'm not even sure if I got a snicker out of him. Yeah, we did. What are you talking about? When? Uh, you're, uh... It might have been like, a, like, a, like you know how people text you LOL? Oh, you think he, he just... He might have gave you one of those laughs. He was just we LOL didn't get like a enough. real, like, holy shit. What? Yeah, and then I was like, you smoke weed? He was like, eh, I kind of don't let people know that. I was like, uh. I know. That was pretty good. But whatever. That's why you come a menace in the man, to let the world know what you're up to. But It's, it's 2022, dude. People smoke weed. Like, yeah. ah, maybe in his head, he's like, my daughter's going to watch all of my interviews and when she gets older. And I don't want her smoking. But yeah, great time maybe at the UFC event. Because it is called the Devil's Level Lettuce. The Devil's Lettuce? Yeah. So well, yes. Maybe. Hopefully not the first of, or hopefully the first of many that me and Menace got to keep getting on these events. You know, we got some things in the work. So hopefully. What's uh, your most fondest part of the? Uh... Um, honestly, people recognizing you and people like showing respect to you because I know sometimes you're like, uh, people, you know, or you know, you don't have a million followers, but you probably right. got more respect in that UFC Long Island building than most people. I thought you were going to say somebody in particular, and I was like... Who? Black. Yeah, there's definitely people that, like... And even, obviously, yeah, there were those fans, because those those fans everywhere that just see a fighter, and they're like, oh, if they don't even know, but there were people that, right. you know... For that, for for who you are, and that you haven't fought in three years. Well, I mean, when I go to an MMA event, I I'm not like, oh, someone knows. Like, it's pretty cool. But like, I for me, it's like when real recognize real, like Ricky Simone being like, yo, Dennis, like, yes, dude, that, love all your shit. And I was like, that really? is exactly what I'm talking about. The the, the moments when you no, that for me, even like Matt Schnell, you were like, who's Matt Schnell? Matt Schnell, uh, who's the um. Jordan Charles Jordan. Jordan. Yeah. Like going out of his way to like twice Dennis. Twice to talk. Yeah. Yeah. I should be like, you want to party? I'll party with you. Oh, they got respect on your name. And then Shane Burgos putting on that performance. You know, you and Shane used to train that together. Oh, that was amazing. I was gonna hit Shane up, but then I figured we'll just go Matt. Yeah, you got the big you got the biggest star of the night. And then nice little interaction with Dana. You know where we fucked up is now I'm realizing is you kind of have to organize your things. Before, and even like I said, Eve's told me, don't wait. Like in priority, like the, the best first and then taper down. Yes. And even you like, start like warming up with shitty questions. And like, that's all you get. You're like, 
that no no that and even like if would if we want because we have these capabilities if we want interactions with dana we have to like let them known beforehand like we kind of do like the last minute thing we can't do that with him apparently at the events <laughs> we could do it to get him on the podcast and whatnot but we can't do it you know because yeah. that instance when i was like oh we're gonna go do something with dana dana had a flight to catch right so we weren't getting anything good. So I was like, all right, we won't force this. We'll just follow up later. But then even great conversations with all the UFC people. We have a lot of a lot of moves right now that we could potentially make that we've been waiting to make, you know, try to blow this thing up. So everybody, please, you know, we never say it, but go share the show. Like, comment, subscribe. Yeah, share the show wherever you Tell can. your mom's friend's cousin about it. Hot girls, if you know any attractive girls, send them the link. But, uh, yeah, I had a great time at the UFC. I really enjoyed being there. Like I said, that's hard work. That's a lot of work that went in there. Obviously, Dennis Bermudez being Dennis Bermudez helped, but we put a lot of work into this podcast. But uh, I got to get some meat. You got to get what? Something to eat. Oh, for sure. I got a lot of shit to do. I'm about to head to Rhode Island. I'm moving to Rhode Island for a couple of weeks. Oh, yeah. You leave? Yeah, I'm leaving right after this podcast. Oh, wow. Well, Stan... Safe travels. Hitting the open road, go do some things with my guy Space Monkey. I'm going to go train at Big Six and start boxing. What if someone really fucks you up real bad? Um, I was always pretty durable, you know? And if someone fucks oh, you're me just going to go with like, yeah, if he fucks me up, I could take it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Good. What, right. what will fail me? Probably my cardio will fail me before, like, can I physically... No, not... What might, what will definitely fail you is your cardio. No, but yeah, but I'm saying like my cardio will fail me before. Can I physically take it? You know what I mean? Right. And then you're going to have to physically take it because you ain't going to be able to return it. So, or like defend yourself. So hopefully you are durable. But you know how it is. I've experienced it in my, any training I've done since I broke my leg, striking. Yeah, and that guy's a hundred pounds less than you. Start, like No, striking and grappling are way different cardio. Oh, one million percent. Yeah, like striking, I'm not going to say easier, but is easier on cardio. You know, grappling is yes. fucking terrible. Yes. Like. Depends yeah. on your style of grappling. But yeah, I got to get back in shape. I got to drop some pounds. So I'm going to jump into the right. box. And I tell you what, that's a good way to get in shape is when someone's really trying to fuck you up. You got to like push to stay alive, kind of. Yeah. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll jump into some sparring. My ankle feels good. But yeah, that's the game plan. But, you, um, need a nice, you need a nice boot. I'm hanging out with this fucking... You need a nice boot. tight shoe that covers your ankle. Yes. But I'm hanging out with this guy who got skinny all of a sudden, you know, or skinny-ish again. Me? Yeah, you saw that even uh, at the event, Gilbert Burns, he noticed. What did he say to you initially? He was like, you're doing better. You're doing better. You look better. Yeah, he didn't give me like, whoa. <laughs> Instead of like the big reveal, he was like, yeah, you're doing better. You look good. Yeah. And then you were oh, like, goodness. and then you were like, you weigh 210. He was like, 200. 200, <laughs> not 210. So we were close. Fresh off vacation. But we had Gilbert fresh off vacation, Dana fresh off vacation. And then a weird event for the UFC, like not your typical, because it was early in the day, people weren't doing their usual thing. But yeah. I thought it was good. A great time. It was good. And then that sucked. We'll end it on that even. And then we'll do like one or two picks for this weekend's car, but the Dana White press scrum, fucking terrible. Terrible. 
That's, oh my God, even questions. that, even that. So it's, I messaged Dana and he responded. What did I say? Um, I says, uh, give me a second. You can start pulling up the car at least. Uh, Cause I sent the picture of him at the table, you know, being, being D money. I got, so I call him D money. Um, he he said he said everyone's looking for fake news clickbait, and I was like, it was tough to listen to but those awful questions they ask you, like like Nate Diaz says he wants to fight Francis Ngannou, like what? Like would you even like? No, what? Like that's the craziest shit I ever heard. So then I told him we'll have some good questions for him in, in the future. He said perfect. Yeah. I told Lene flat out. I was like, Lene, I apologize that even my questions kind of sucked at the post-fight presser. And even when I went back, actually, no. My questions were actually great. Even yeah. um, I watched... I don't usually listen to Ariel Hawani. I did listen to Ariel Hawani today. I'll listen to, like, interviews. I kind of, like, put the whole show on in the background today because uh, Burgos was on. I wanted to hear him. I wanted to hear Schnell. And, um, yeah. It was just one of those cards, you know, that um, they just had no questions for Dana. But then even Burgos was talking to Hawani. We were referenced of like what you were talking about with Burgos. Blah, blah, blah. And then even my question to Dana, which was the Colby Covington question, that seemed to be a good question that a lot of people are like, oh, okay. And that's the vibe we got from Colby. I'm, I'm assuming that Colby is not letting Dustin Poirier skate away from this one. And he was like, I will fight at 155, I will fight at 170, or I'll fight at 185. Let Dustin know that. Um, I, I One thing that threw me off this weekend, right, so Dana's in there. I thought all the questions that people were going to be asking Dana were going to pertain to the fight that just happened. Not like every, uh, every other big MMA thing that, is even a possibility. I had questions. You know? I had questions for that event, for a particular. Mo- I did have most of my questions were outside of the event because that's just how Dana's scrums usually go. I didn't. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's usually how they go. And then even uh, Dana hasn't done one of those in like three weeks, three, three, three or four events. So they were like itching for it, if you will. And then yeah. even that, the Jake Paul conversation got started, and I was like, oh, I don't even want to ask this question, but. Everyone else asked something so stupid about Jake Paul. I asked the decent question about Jake Paul when I was like, what do you think of him versus Rockman?" Because nobody's asked him that. Then Ariel had on Hasim Rockman Jr. and was like, what do you think of Dana White's comments? Mm. And I will say this. I will actually say this. I don't want to throw any shade at Ariel, but I will because I did listen to his episode today. And he said, oh, you know what happens is guys talk about Nate Diaz's interview and nobody says when it was on the MMA hour. Ariel Hawani, 30 minutes before he was bitching about that, did not say Stan the Man from Menace and the Man was asking a Colby Covington question or I heard him ask this question. So it was, you know, one of those things where I was like, all right. And granted, maybe we're not big enough yet, but he clearly knows who we are. He clearly knows who you are. You know what I mean? I've been on the show. Well, I just found that funny that I almost was like, oh, you're, you know, literally. Now, did you really laugh out loud or you LOL? 
I laughed out loud because I was like, that literally happened this episode. Did you like smile in your head or you actually verbally laughed? Sam? Yeah, I did like a Denzel Washington like this motherfucker Stop here. It. This no, no, no. This motherfucker here. Okay. You know, because he was bitching about everyone at the post fight presser, not saying the MMA fighting interview with Ariel Hawani. When an hour earlier, he was talking about my questions or your questions and not saying, oh, this, that, you know, they asked this question. I'm just going to steal. He the... wasn't citing his information. Yeah. All but... right, I got to go. Stan. I had enough of you, dude. But anyway, it was just I'll like. with you all weekend. Like, but um, on yeah, ne- next time we will have better questions for Dana. I'll shoot maybe the shot. Maybe we'll see if we can get Dana next week. Don't shoot that shit, nigga. Ooh, and then we'll get Lydia Warren as well. You miss all the shots you don't take. That one actually... Go ahead, shoot it. Shit works out sometimes. But Menace, it was good seeing you. All right. Well, see you later.